0: This is December 2nd, 2020, and, uh, I wanted to read from an article about the 1918, 1919 pandemic, um, at the risk of, uh, reading what everyone has already read about, uh, because I was struck I was very much struck by this article at at, at at because it it shows how very many similarities there are between this pandemic and the last one This is a, an article that was uh, from the USA today from about a week ago November 24th as uh, 2 days before Thanksgiving and it starts off uh, rather a cute way. This is how it begins. <clears throat> More than 200,000 dead since March. Cities in lockdown. Vaccine trials underway. And a holiday message of sorts. Quote, see that Thanksgiving celebrations are restricted as much as possible so as to prevent another flare-up. And then it goes on. It isn't the message of Thanksgiving 2020. It's the Thanksgiving Day notice that ran in an Omaha newspaper on November 28, <clears throat> 1918. And then they quote a uh, a uh, assistant curator at the Chicago History Museum, a, a Brittany Hutchinson, who said every time i hear someone say these are unprecedented times i say no no they're not they did this in 1918 and uh i find it comforting i find it uh some consolation uh to uh, in reading this to be reminded that we have been through this we got through this before <coughs> Because that means we can do it again. It's like uh being bogged down in the middle of Sashine when you've done it before. You know you've done it. You can go through it again, you can manage. But let me continue reading from this. By late November twenty eight excuse me, by late November nineteen eighteen, the United States in the midst of the suffrage movement, Jim Crow and the tail end of World War I battled the ebbing second wave of the Spanish flu. That's uh, That was how it came to be known, the Spanish flu. It's an H1N1 influenza epidemic. So the second wave. It goes on. The first cases were detected in the United States in March of that year. There it is. Same as this year growing exponentially by the fall. In October, the virus burned through the nation. Dozens of cities implemented face mask orders and curfews and locked down for two to three weeks, temporarily closing schools, libraries, theaters, movie houses, dance halls, churches, ice cream parlors, and soda shops. The virus killed about 195,000 Americans during October alone. Let me repeat that. It killed about 195,000 Americans during October alone. That's, I don't know, something like two-thirds of our total death so far throughout this year happened in October alone then. It goes on. As Thanksgiving rolled around, some cities celebrated the relaxation of flu related restrictions. And this, it says, was was partly due to opposition campaigns. Does that sound familiar? By retailers, theater owners, unions, mass transportation companies, and other economically stressed stakeholders. San Francisco had one of the nation's Largest anti-masking campaigns spearheaded by the, get a load of this, anti-mask league of San Francisco. According to a professor of history of medicine at the University of Michigan and co-editor in chief of the American influenza epidemic of 1918 to 1919, many people refused to wear masks and were arrested. And when the line, this is a quote, when the line into the courtroom was so long, they laid off arresting people because the system couldn't enforce it. On November 13th, so a couple weeks before Thanksgiving then, that year, the San Francisco Examiner reported that Thanksgiving Day will be celebrated in San Francisco by the discarding of gauze masks if the present rate of decrease in influenza continues. A week later, San Franciscans ceremoniously removed their masks as a whistle sounded across the city at noon. And then the San Francisco Chronicle wrote on its front page, San Francisco joyously discards masks in twinkling. Faces beam as gauze covers come off at time fixed. It goes on to say that the resistance to public health measures was not as, uh, I mean, that is, the uh, current, uh, uh, this professor of history of medicine at the University of Michigan, Markle, Howard Markle, He said that a resistance to public health measures then was not as vociferous or or widespread as today, but it was there. Markle said, a lot of these rules and regulations were wrapped up in the patriotism of World War I, and most people followed them. But we don't have that unifying situation right now. You would think the pandemic would be unifying. Well... We see that it isn't, that uh, the partisan divisions is so, so deep and deepening all the time that uh, we have, in that respect, we have quite a different situation now as we did a hundred years ago. It continues, in some cities, Thanksgiving rituals brought a welcome sense of normalcy. Many Americans returned to religious services, performed charity work, and went through with planned football games. I didn't know they... That was a thing then. Went through with planned football games, parties, and performances. In Portland, a grand reunion service was planned for the Sunday after Thanksgiving, quote, in honor of the reassembling after being debarred from worship on account of the epidemic for the last five weeks. Five weeks. Zen Center has been closed for nine months. Members of various congregations were ready to greet each other after the long absence, according to an Oregon newspaper. He continues, the chimes of church bells will once more be heard on Sunday morning throughout the city, beckoning one and all to attend their chosen place of worship, where a double celebration will be held first, over the suppression of autocracy, that's apparently a reference to the end of World War I, and second, over the eradication of a frightful plague, the paper wrote. Okay high expectations at the time. But then, by the end of November, cases were rising in cities such as Atlanta, Denver, Louisville, Kentucky, Kentucky, Milwaukee, Omaha, Nebraska, Portland, Oregon, and Richmond, Virginia. Many health experts attributed the, quote, Renewal of the grip epidemic, grip referring to the flu, to festivities on November 11th, that was uh, later designated as Armistice Day, when th- thousands flooded the streets to celebrate the end of World War One. On November 27th, that was that was last week uh, in in this century. Uh, On November 27th, the day before Thanksgiving, St. Louis reported its highest new daily case count since the epidemic began, and Buffalo, New York, reported its largest jump in daily cases since the lifting of its pandemic ban weeks earlier. Both cities subsequently cracked down on public gatherings, limited the number of passengers on streetcars, and ordered those cars to be ventilated and cleaned. <clears throat> In, Salt Lake City, resi- right, In Salt Lake City, residents were under quarantine on Thanksgiving Day. Shops were prohibited from holding sales and celebrations were postponed until Christmas Day. Listen to this. Placards indicating households infected with influenza were placed on the front and rear entrances of 2,000 homes. That was in Salt Lake City. And then, uh, uh, I guess this is the Salt Lake City newspaper. Owing to the influenza quarantine, the day's festivities had to be postponed till Christmas Day. Officials. I'm skipping a lot of a lot of uh, pieces of paragraphs. Officials in Los Angeles promoted a stay-at-home week over Thanksgiving. The Salvation Army served fifty pounds of turkeys to fifty old men. This is uh, from the Los Angeles Times. 50 pounds of turkeys to 50 old men, but dispensed with its usual big dinner to the outcasts at the headquarters because of the influenza ban. Denver, which was under a face mask order, had just opened three emergency hospitals and issued an urgent call for nurses. Special pains have been taken, this is a quote, to provide all the ventilation necessary, this is from the Rocky Mountain News, and to make attendance at the services safe in spite of the influenza epidemic. In a number of churches, electric fans have been placed in the auditoriums so as to change the air every few minutes, the article said. In many cities, traditional Thanksgiving Day pageants were held outside. And then, this... Single short sentence. A handful of cities began to see a surge in cases on Thanksgiving. You know what's so um, what's so sobering about this is that here we are. uh, Epidemiologists are saying uh, with all the 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 soaring rates of of cases. The, uh, the count of cases all over the country, we still haven't hit what they are predicting for the the post-Thanksgiving spike of cases. They think it could come as soon as a day or two from now, but it's still too early for those cases to come rolling in. But uh, Doctor Fauci and others are are speaking very ominously about what what's around the corner <clears throat> Schools added an extra day of vacation to the Thanksgiving holiday break to promote a beneficial result in the influenza situation quote unquote and this is from a, a Dr. Walter List Uh, the superintendent of uh, Cincinnati's uh, General Hospital. We are not in a happy frame of mind tonight. An institution such as this can stand the strain of an epidemic for five or six weeks, but when when it continues for such a long period, the situation is complicated. I saw a... uh, a physician, a woman um, on CNN today in tears of distress at the, the strain that she and her colleagues are under. Uh, she she knew enough to say, "I know it's hard on everyone, but it's 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 it's." She said, "It's it may be." even harder on us. Then she corrected herself. She said, it is. It has to be harder on us seeing people dying every day, doing our most to save people, and then having more and more people pouring in here uh, because they didn't take care of themselves. It's very, very sobering. To continue with this article, Kansas City saw a similar trend The week of Thanksgiving, the number of flu cases at the city's general hospital doubled and on Thanksgiving Day, city health officials reinstituted home quarantine for flu victims and their families. Public dance halls and restaurants were closed on Thanksgiving in Spokane, Washington, and private parties were prohibited. The next day, the day after Thanksgiving, the city's emergency hospital received more applications for admission than on any other day during the entire epidemic. On Thanksgiving, this is from the Spokesman Review, on Thanksgiving, the hospital was filled and death a frequent visitor. (coughs) Here's another little vignette. Uh, a, um, A physician Uh, in Iowa, uh, Jefferson, Iowa, spent much of his Thanksgiving evening making house calls on people ill from influenza. He was attending a Thanksgiving dinner at a farm outside town and let the local phone operator knew he would be available later in the day. When he received the call about patients in the early evening, The operator had a list of 54 patients who had come down with the flu that day. And then, it suddenly, rather abruptly, it says, The problem? Researchers didn't know influenza was a virus. The vaccine that was made was a vaccine against a bacteria, which they thought was the cause of influenza. So not only were vaccines of this era crude and not all that effective, the vaccine they did produce was for the wrong organism. So that's where we do have an advantage. Science much more advanced now. The article continues, Vaccine science was nowhere near the scientifically advanced level of 2020. Um, The study of virology was in its infancy, and researchers didn't have the tools to see viruses. Though bacteria are much larger and can be viewed under a light microscope, viruses require an electron microscope, which had not been invented in 1918. So, the vaccines that researchers developed did not stop an impending third wave of the flu. So, cases rose again after Thanksgiving. Dallas, Minneapolis, San Antonio, San Francisco, Seattle saw surges. More than 50, forty Minneapolis schools were closed uh, because of the flu and and the headline above it in uh, the St. Paul Daily News was Santa Claus is down with the flu on Christmas Eve. Health officials in Nebraska made influenza a mandatory quarantine disease, and fines ranged from fifteen dollars two hundred dollars for violations. Of course that would be in today's dollars much much more. what 150 to a 1, thousand maybe. Listen to this approximately a thousand homes in Omaha were placarded, meaning their occupants were unable to leave for at least four days after the fever had subsided. Last page. By January, this is January 20, uh, 1919, the United States was fully engulfed in its third wave of influenza. The virus spread throughout the winter and spring, killing thousands more, including my grandmother. Uh, she, she died of, of the flu in um, January of, 20, uh, of 1919. It infected one-third of the world's population and killed approximately 675,000 Americans before subsiding in the summer of 1919. So it killed approximately 675,000 Americans. We're at something around 270,000 now. So we have a ways to go yet, but uh, the way things are going, uh, we might even reach that terrible number what do they do wrong that's hard to say but all of these measures are like swiss cheese they have holes so you try to use as many layers as possible to me this is that same epidemiologist to me those surges just represented whether there was social distancing or not. Flu didn't stop circulating. The question was, when did people go out and get exposed to it? And that's what's going on now. Let me just say, in closing, what I probably don't need to say. I have such an educated uh, listener ship, but uh, it is up to each one of us. Each one of us has the power to affect these curves in cases and deaths. If we can just hang on, what they've been saying lately is if we can just hang on, we have this remarkably effective vaccine uh, that uh, they're they're working with now to to be able to uh, distribute it uh, with that light at the end of the tunnel if we can just hang on and exercise uh, patience self-restraint if we can just just leave the marshmallow alone so that we can get a second one, then everything could be different in a few months. But uh, all the predictions are that it's going to be much worse. December, January, and February, now, I keep hearing, are going to be the dark, dark months of this pandemic, worse than anything we've seen so far. So, let's, each one of us, do everything we possibly can. Let's do our part. Thanks for listening.